I think it's funny to think that, you know, I probably wished when I was sort of swimming in that 12.5 meter pool, it was always a, you know, a wish, a dream to sort of, um, sort of be in any chance of doing a Scottish record. So I think in that sense, it does feel like I've come a long way. Um, and yeah, I think it's just sort of, it shows that you can kind of come from, you know, any background and mm. if you really love what you do um, and you just keep going, you know, anything, you can do anything. Welcome to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast, where we aim to give swimming the coverage and publicity it deserves. Every week, we celebrate the sport we love with amazing special guests and topics from around the swimming pool. And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Dan. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott, and back with me again is my good friend, Dan. And on this week's podcast, we are back with another brilliant guest from the world of British swimming. Yes, hello, everyone. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, I've been really looking forward to getting this guest on for a few weeks now. She's had amazing performances so far this year, uh, and there's no better time to record this episode with her just a couple of weeks before British Champs, especially with them acting as trials for all the major meets this summer. It's going to be exciting. Yes, it certainly is. And it's going to be a really big week when British Champs come around. We can't wait for that. So for this week's episode, we welcome onto the podcast the new Scottish record holder in the women's 100 metres breaststroke, Cara Hanlon. Cara, thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. How are things with you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, everything's going going swimmingly at the moment. <laughs> oh, nice. nice. <laughs> like that. Going really well. You've had a brilliant start to 2022 with some amazing swims, particularly at Bucks and the recent Edinburgh meet. Um, you must be really happy with how things are going right now. Yeah, things are going really well. Um, I suppose things are just sort of coming together at the right time. Um, I had some really good swims last season and I think just building on from from those swims has been sort of part of the plan and um yeah long course season is always my favorite so sort of get through short course and start swimming long course is always you know the best sort of time of the year for me definitely so we will discuss definitely your recent performances and preview British champs but Actually, the most interesting part about why we invited you onto this podcast was your background, kind of how you got into swimming, because you're from the Outer Hebrides, if I remember correctly. Yes. And yeah. I feel like there's an interesting journey there about how does someone from such a remote place get into the sport of swimming? Um, so where, where did it all start for you? Yeah, so um, I'm born and brought up in Stornoway on the Isle of Lewis um, in the Outer Hebrides. Um, so, yeah, northwest island off the coast of Scotland. Um, I sort of got into swimming, uh, followed my older sister into the sport. Um, she sort of have she sort of joined the local swimming club um, and I kind of followed in her footsteps um, I was kind of doing a little bit of everything at the time a bit of you know running club um, and other things but I think I think it was at age seven or something I joined um, the local swimming club and just kind of went on from there um, really loved it um, started beating her which is always nice <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah just kind of dropped the running and sort of focused more on the swimming when I sort of started um, competing away and things um, 
I think the first competition I did away was like the, Scot- uh, the Scottish schools, national. I think you did North of Scotland schools and then go on to Scottish Scottish schools, um, and that was kind of where it all kind of started for me. Oh, amazing! Uh, I want to ask you about the challenges of trying to pursue the swimming career because I've read somewhere that you should just train in a twelve meter pool. Is that is that true? So I there is a 12, 25 meter pool in Stornoway, um, but I actually did most of my training in a 12.5 meter pool um okay. which was up in Ness which is about a 40 minute drive from Stornoway um and that kind of came around by um the coach that I, I had at the time and he was based up there um and so I kind of traveled to him four times four nights a week um to train with him just sort of I think from the age of maybe 14 to to 18 to when I I moved to uni um and obviously until I passed my test my mum or my dad would drive me up four nights a week um there wait for me to finish training and then drive me back um and I kind of managed to sort of fit everything in around that studying and everything sort of in the car on the way back and um eating as well which was always difficult but yeah Mm. we sort of worked around it and sort of made it work but I also did train in the 25 meter pool um the other two nights of the week and then sort of didn't actually have any morning training at all um because our pool was only open at eight so school started at 8 45 so there was no time to sort of have um a session in the morning and then I think by the age of 16 I think um when I started sort of really improving um the pool managed they managed to open the pool just for me in the morning so I got like I think four mornings a week um just for an hour from seven to to a quarter past eight um oh, an hour almost 15. like a celebrity <laughs> yeah I know but it's nice now though now they um they always have they open the pool at seven for the public now which is really nice so that's like a nice thing that um sort of came out of it wow it's amazing like what, what did you do in, in those four <laughs> sessions in the, the 12 and a half meter pool was it just a load of turn work or what, what, what did you do exactly um so we did manage to do a lot of different things um my coach dr was very inventive very imaginative um sort of did i mean sort of made these things up as we went along but um for one of the things we did was um he managed to sort of it's hard to describe now but um put ropes over the um the pool mat so the thing in the air so that two ropes would be sort of hanging down and you'd swim from one end swim around the rope and then up to the other end and that would be a 20 a 25 and then you'd okay. turn and then come back go around the rope the other way and that would be your 50 so we kind of did a lot of um sort of high intensity work um my meterage was pretty low mm. um and it was yeah just all very intense another thing we did was we used a tether rope and um we'd be tied to that and we'd sort of swim against that um and not be sort of allowed to come back at all like and hold it for you know a minute or minute and a half to two minutes um and we do that you know each stroke over kick over pull um and so yeah it's um, funny to think now but i mean it worked (laughs) well it's almost completely against the norm of essentially normal club swimming that you 
I don't know, you were very limited in your pool time. You didn't weren't doing early mornings from an early age. And yet here you are setting Scottish records. It clearly hasn't impeded your development in the sport whatsoever. Yeah, I, I'd like to think so. Um, I sort of, through my development in, in swimming, I kind of was the sort of first to sort of do it from the island. So I was very just sort of learning as I went on. Um myself and my dad would just go away to competitions just the two of us um and you know someone would come over and kind of say oh you've qualified for snags you've qualified for scottish nationals you've and then sort of the next time you've qualified for british british age groups and i would kind of be like oh okay like what's that (laughs) um yeah and we just sort of all took it all on the chin and just kind of kept going with it um and yeah I mean I've had incredible support from my parents and um the people on the island behind me so it's almost like no pressure because you you just don't know what's out there yeah exactly I know and um at, at home I, I trained with three 14 year olds when I was sort of 18 and um I suppose we just sort of made that work as well like they would always be um put off in front of me and I'd had to chase them or um you know, the other way around if they were doing a, another stroke or, yeah. So I think it's just sort of working with what you've got. And if I think at the same time, I didn't really see what everyone else kind of had um, mm. as well. So I think I just sort of, yeah, just loved swimming and tried to make it work. Yeah, a lot of credit has to go to your parents. I mean, 40 minutes there and back. And then how long were these sessions in the 12 and a half meter pool? Were they still two hours or was it yeah, a little bit shorter? We... I think we did we did stay in the pool for about two hours you know getting through it all um yeah probably one and a half to two hours every session wow the parents That's just, just yeah I mean the classic taxi driver there wow absolutely I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely I think when I um passed my driving test they were like Woo, yeah. <laughs> that's what my um, mom was like to be fair <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to talk about the Ireland Games. You used to take part in a competition called the Ireland Games. Now, I've got no idea what they are, and I'm sure lots of people watching and listening don't know what that is. Um, can you tell us more about it? Yeah, of course. Um, so basically, it's an um, international c- competition. Um, basically, they, they run biannually, so every two years normally. Um and basically you have to sort of be a member island of the island games committee to be a part of it and um and i think there's currently 22 islands that compete um but it's a multi-sport event so um it's sort of a big one for the islands um who are involved because it's kind of involves so many different people and different sports and um from different backgrounds does that is, is that a major target for sports people athletes on those islands yeah, um, I went to my first games when I was 14 um, in the Isle of Wight in um, 2011. And I think I'll always remember it because you kind of don't get the sort of Island Games vibe until you go to one. And I remember everyone kind of being like, oh, you've, like, you've qualified for it, let's go. And um, they were really keen to take me as a youngster and to take me to sort of get the the sort of feel for it and I think it definitely worked I mean I went I've been to every game since um Bermuda 2013 Jersey 15 um I think it was Gotland 2017 and then Gibraltar which was the latest one in 2019 so um I think that's been a huge part in my swimming development as well um Mm. working through sort of 
swimming for the island and it's it's such a you know it means so much to the people at home um and I suppose to, to me and to everyone who competes for the island as well it's yeah it's just a really nice like wholesome competition I mean it's it all sounds incredible but how was the transition then going from the Outer Hebrides to the mainland because you you're at University of Edinburgh now how was was that quite a tough transition to make yeah it was it was quite a big one um quite a daunting one um at first but an exciting one at the same time um I took you know a wee while to choose where I wanted to be based and where I wanted to go and I think academics came into it a lot as well as you know the swimming side of it um but yeah it was it was tough I mean I I think I didn't really PB for about two and a half years after coming um to Edinburgh so it was quite a long time to sort of not see um big improvements um I didn't get much slower but I didn't just didn't really PB or improve um Mm, that much yeah it was kind of a plateau and I think that was um different for me because I'd had quite a sort of upwards um trajectory before that um Mm. but I think you sort of just learn along the way um how to sort of do things and how to sort of make sure you're kind of getting the best out of everything you're doing I think any change in program takes a little bit of adjusting and transition anyway. Um, I remember when I went to Cardiff, it took me about a year for me to actually show any signs of improvement. Um, I mean, I was concentrating on the processes, but in terms of times, it took uh, it took a while. But um, when, was the, when was the first time you saw a long course pool? Um, I think it was um, at the Scottish schools, actually. I think I was maybe 12. Um I competed at the North of Scotland schools, um, which was held up in Inverness. And then I think that qualifies you for the Scottish schools. Um, And I think it was in Tall Cross in Glasgow. And obviously it was just the 50 metres I had. So 50 metre breaststroke, one length. But I Mm. think I remember seeing the pool and thinking, oh my goodness, that is so long. (laughs) (laughs) um, And I think I remember even swimming it and being like, gosh, when is this going to finish? But it was also an amazing experience because I'd never done it before. So it wasn't um, like, I wasn't scared or anything. It was more just like, oh, this is different. I'm honestly amazed. Like at the the start of this podcast, you said you'd get, you got through the short course season and you love long course. Given all of your background of your early career, I, I would never have pinned long course mm. swimming. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's a weird one. <laughs> um, because I mean, a lot of people say to me, um, if you change a 12.5 meter pool, like how come your turns aren't, you know, yeah. amazing. And I think it was just because we did all of the other stuff that people don't really know about um, around it. And actually my strength is my swimming. Um, mm. Like my swimming speed is actually my strength um and I suppose the turns and stuff I think they all still need improvement to this day (laughs) turns dives um and I'm not the um sort of tallest I'm not the the biggest swimmer you'll ever meet but um I suppose I just try to use my power and my speed um to my advantage and yeah just trying to make sure the dives and turns are as good as they can be 
Yeah, pressure is quite a technical stroke, isn't it? So I, I imagine you don't have to do meters and meters in the pool. It's all about sort of finessing every single part of it, keeping a narrow whip kick and et cetera like that, which um, doesn't require a long course pool exactly, does it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I know, and I think that's maybe a reason um, I had my sort of plateau was I wasn't used to doing all the meters that we kind of do now at Edinburgh and my body was just taking a bit of time to sort of get used to that um, mm. and to the long course training as well because that is, it is tiring on your body, um, training long course mostly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you're now part of this amazing uni of Edinburgh kind of breaststroke squad that we we were talking about beforehand. There's, there's loads of you there driving each other on. Is it good that you've got so many top class breaststrokers around you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've been in Edinburgh sort of six years now and I've kind of gone through, you know, being sort of the youngest um, to being the oldest, which is um, really strange um, but really nice at the same time. Um, but yeah, a lot of breaststrokers have been before me um, through the squad and I've learned a lot from them. And I hope that, you know, the younger girls in our squad um learn some things from me so I think yeah just passing on those um breaststroke skills and breaststroke um uh sort of I suppose breaststroke history down the down the team is a really nice thing I was going to ask you about the mentality that you've had to change because obviously you were training almost by yourself out in Outer Hebrides, maybe like the three of you, I think you said, but then you come over to Edinburgh and then you're almost like the, the, the small fish in a big pond kind of thing. How did you have to change your mentality from Outer Hebrides down to the, the mainland? Well, I think I was always really excited about that because previously it had just been sort of myself and my dad going to competitions and I'd always see these big teams um, who, you know, kind of had everyone behind them and, um, you know, had that sort of team spirit that I just sort of lacked. Um, So it was really exciting moving to a big team and knowing that, you know, you're going to have like that group of swimmers around you um, like a family which we are so yeah it's it's really nice and it's it's daunting at first because you think gosh where am I gonna fit in um but I think you know if you're, you're just yourself and you just yeah just you, you'll fit in anywhere definitely now as we said at the top of the episode British champs are just around the corner how are you feeling with them just being uh it's like two weeks away at the point of this recording isn't it mm. Yeah, I think um, it's really exciting. Um, they've come around quick, as they always do. Um, but I think the group's in a really good place at the moment and the, the vibe and training has been really great. So I think we're all just excited to sort of get going and you know see what happens at trials. You must be quite full of confidence after your recent performances at Bucks and uh, Edinburgh as well. Yeah, no, um, I think... It's it's really nice to sort of swim fast um, at the meets going up to trials because it does it does help build your confidence in the training and the work that you've done. So I think, yeah, it's it's a really nice feeling going in thinking I've been really consistent in my last sort of three races, and um, I think consistency is key. So hopefully, with a bit of rest and a bit of taper, um, we'll see see a little bit more improvement too. You're in taper right now, two weeks out. Um, I actually don't start taper till next week, so I'm doing okay. yeah, 14 days to the hundred breast. Mm. 
Is it less about the times that you're doing beforehand and more about kind of the process? And I think we spoke to Marco Koch. It was like a year ago now. And it's, it's all about the feeling in the water with breaststroke. You can one day, the water can feel very different to the next. Yeah, I think that sums it up, actually. Um, yeah, it's very... Um, breaststroke is, yeah, a lot about feel, I would say. It's, you know, some some days you can just not feel the timing. Um, the timing is quite crucial. and Or some days you can feel, you know, a little bit heavier in the legs and your hips aren't moving as well. Um, and I think my coach, Matt, I've worked with him for so long now that he knows, you know, when I'm having an off day on breaststroke um, before I know. Um, so that's um, quite interesting. I think just even being able to look at the stroke and knowing, you know, if it's, if it's on or off. But I think there's a few things that we've sort of been able to sort of do to sort of correct that. So, you know, certain drills and feeling feeling drills that help um you know if if that if you are having that off day um is it a case of before you're racing in the warm-up you 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 know that that that's happening that day and you need to do those drills in your warm-up or is it the weeks before the days before um I think it just all depends on the day um for me I don't like to think too much of how I'm feeling in the warm-up before the race because I think um you can feel completely different when you're actually in the race so um yeah it's I think it's I do do certain key things in my warm-up just to make sure that I am trying to feel a certain way and try not to think too much if I'm not feeling feeling how I I think is is optimum. <laughs> Try and get out your head as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Is there any certain processes you've been working on? I mean, we've spoken about the turns and the starts. Have there been any specific stroke part of the stroke that you've been working on? Yeah, so um, I've been working a lot on my sort of back end, sort of uh, return pace on the hundred breast, um, as well as sort of you know just going out as sort of quick as I can in the 200 um I think trying to push that under 110 out in the 200 has been a goal of mine and sort of coming back in a 35 on the on the 100 breast has been a goal so I hope to sort of um yeah get those processes down um come trials is that it's what's your main target is the 100 or the 200 uh my main target is the 100 I think yeah um it's my favorite event my main event um and i train for the 100 um i don't okay. necessarily train for the 200 i just sort of do it as well <laughs> a bit of fun is it yeah <laughs> well i wouldn't say fun but yeah. <laughs> <That's really good. laughs> steady on the fun i never did it so i've got no idea <laughs> so you one. um you narrowly missed out on places at both the 2014 and 2018 Commonwealth Games. I think they were by like ridiculously narrow margins as well. Mm-hmm. So you go into this summer, now the new Scottish record holder. How did you stay positive and kind of motivated, almost not in a bad way, but to stay in the sport during that time after getting so close to a senior international team? Yeah, so I think in 2014... Um, I think I managed to do the time just with, I didn't even know what the time was and I managed to do the time. Um, and then I was fourth at the trials um, behind three of the girls from Edinburgh actually. Um, so that was, that was a bit of heartbreak early on. Um, I was still pretty young then. 
Um, so it was kind of like it was hard to take, but also kind of like you're so you're so young, you you've got a lot of time in you. Um, and then 2018 was obviously a big goal of mine. Um, I missed out on the time in the 50 breast by 0.04 of a second. Mm. Um, yeah, which is really, yeah, it was really tough to take um, at the time. And it was, I think it took me a wee while longer than I thought to get over it um, because, you know, you can kind of think, oh, um, oh, it's fine. Like it's, you kind of get over it. And then maybe a little bit later on down the line, you're like, oh, Maybe I was still a wee bit, you know, annoyed at myself about that for a wee bit longer. But I think just sort of, I always sort of honed in on that fact of why I'm swimming in the first place. Um, and I've always loved it. I've always done it because I enjoy it, because I love it. And I think I always kind of said to myself, as long as I, you know, still love it and still I'm enjoying it, I'll carry on. So I think you just sort of work through, you know, what's the next goals, um, take some time out um, to yes, yeah, so sort of, sort of reflect, look back on it, and then just set new goals for the season um, and for the group. So, and that that would be the advice you'd give for any youngsters who are just about missing the team, or you know, on the cusp of just about making it. Yeah, I think just not to put too much pressure on yourself, and to just kind of enjoy the process, and you know, when it comes to that major meet just to try to sort of relax and enjoy it and I think you only get a few times in your life where you're at like a big major sort of qualifying meet so just sort of hang on to the nerves and use them to your advantage (laughs) it's kind of of the same message we got from um, Duncan Scott it's it's all enjoyment basically just enjoy every moment you get in the sport um what what would it mean to you to make the international team this summer I mean, it would mean everything. Um, I think it's been, it feels like it's been a long time coming. And I think with COVID and everything, it feels, you know, even longer in a sense. Um, And I think, you know, it'll just make, I'd be just so proud, like, to represent Scotland and um, sort of do that for the islands as well, which, which I think, you know, they will be really, you know, proud of me for. And I think... Yeah, it's just sort of making a wee bit of history um, for them as well. Are you are you quietly confident of making the team this time around? <laughs> um, and the goal is to qualify in in the fifty, two hundred, and the one hundred. Um, mm. So I hope hope that you know things go to plan and um, that pans out. But um, yeah, I've got 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 my chances. So um, you know, I've you got a lane, you got a chance. So. Mm. we agree is it it all eyes on kind of representing scotland and then if team gb comes knocking around then brilliant but essentially commies are the target this summer yeah exactly i think um going into trials it's just kind of you know making making sure i qualify for that team scotland and hopefully see what happens in the summer um and yeah if anything else you know kind of comes from that that will be you know a massive bonus so yeah i assume both of them would mean just as much representing gb and representing scotland basically the same sort of uh, pride if you like oh yeah absolutely i think yeah. um having i think just making any major meet will be you know um 
amazing yeah full of pride yeah i think there's there's been a massive message through this this kind of whole podcast about almost perseverance um you've i know to you it probably doesn't feel like it but the whole background coming into swimming almost feels like a massive hurdle to start with um to rep almost to race against these people who have so much other facilities handed to them and yet you've still come out the other end and you then had your two close misses with Commonwealth Games and you're still going and it's still persevering. And it, it with the Scottish record at Bucks, it, it feels like the perseverance is, is paying off. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's funny to think that, you know, I probably wished it when I was sort of swimming in that 12.5 metre pool, it was always a, you know, a wish, a dream to sort of... Um, sort of be in any chance of making us doing a Scottish record so I think um in that sense it does feel like I've come a long way um and yeah I think it's just sort of it shows that you can kind of come from you know any background and Mm. if you really love what you do um and you just keep going you know anything you can do anything yeah, I hope people take that away from this podcast because yeah. there's so many people who are chasing for hours in the pool. There, there'd be parents listening as well who are chasing for their kid, maybe as young as like 12, 13 to start morning training. But essentially, yeah. you're still in the sport now after, what, six years at university. Yeah. That's, that's really the end goal for everyone to stay in the sport and enjoy it. Yeah, You've got time, basically. Yeah. 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 That's very true. Yeah, I know. Because I, I think it's easy enough to, especially when, you know, kids are coming from junior level into senior and, you know, you expect a lot um, so soon and you expect sort of the, that trajectory to keep going. And there is a lot of hurdles when you sort of become an adult and um, you've got a lot of things going on. So I think just to be patient and to sort of keep keep believing is um, quite key. Um, Kara, it's been awesome learning a little bit more about probably one of the more unique kind of stories in British swimming. Yeah. Um, if, if you don't mind, we usually finish with some really quick fire questions so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. How does okay. that sound? Yeah, no, let's go for it. Um, so what is your favorite event? The 100 meter breaststroke. Who is your swimming idol? Uh, probably Hannah Miley like it what's your proudest moment in swimming so far um definitely breaking that scottish record a couple of weeks back um what's the hardest set you've ever done in training Ooh, um i can't quite remember what exactly it was but um when Shannon Rowlison, um, the Australian coach, was here in Edinburgh for about a year, I trained under him, and we did. I think it was, I think it was twelve fifties max off. I think it was something ridiculous, like three minutes, um, and I. I can't actually remember exactly what it was. It's something like that, something horrendous. Um, and I remember just thinking, gosh, why am I doing this? <laughs> um, yeah, and um, it was obviously just to try and get our lactates as high as possible, mm. and mm. that definitely worked. God, 12. Yeah. Blimey, that's yeah. a lot. We, I think our, my favourite one was 7.50s off four minutes, and that used to be oh. the limit seven. 
God. I hate 12, it. 12, 12 hate sounds it. hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you were to go on a road trip, there are three spaces in the car. You can have friends, family, oh, or celebrities. Who would you take with you? Oh my word, that is a hard question. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, maybe like Adele. Um, there you go. You got the music covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would I take? Um, maybe Usain Bolt. Mm. And who else? Goodness. Maybe someone like Emma Watson. Ooh, like it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like it. Yeah. Interesting car. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cara, thanks so much for coming on to this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. I, I've really enjoyed learning a little bit more about how you got into the sport. I um next time anyone goes to a twelve and a half meter pool, try try training two hours in that. And uh, yeah. I'd love to see people's outcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was it was fascinating this episode. I've I, just so much learnt I've I, over the last half hour or so. Um, I just want to say good luck for the next two weeks because I think honestly I don't want to put any pressure on you, but I think you've got a fantastic chance at not just making a Scotland team, but I think a GB team as well in that hundred breaststroke. Mm-hmm. So very best of luck to you. Oh, thank you so much, and thanks so much for having me and asking me along. It's yeah, it's been really nice. Thank you. No problem whatsoever. Yeah, I'll just echo Dan. Best of luck at trials. Mm. Thank you. No, it's exciting. Just around the corner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that just about rounds up this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, please do so on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And me and Dan will be back in seven days' time with our preview of the British trials. Yes, lots to talk about. And Cara will no doubt be mentioned as well. So yes, look forward to that one. Thank you very much for listening, guys. And we'll catch you on the next one. You've been listening to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast with Scott and Dan. We want to thank you for joining us and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as checking out the Propulsion Swimming YouTube channel for weekly tutorials and videos to get your swimming fix. We will be back next week. Until then, we'll catch you on the next one.